Hello all. We um, have been talking about teaching toughness in our kids and I found it fascinating. It's made me think a lot. Taken some of your rebukes, Rob, and uh, and it's yeah, but it's been a really, really interesting thing. And I think we were just we were just chatting about well, I was sort of <laughs> lamenting how can more of us community world talk more about this kind of thing because I think it's just so important. And how can we become more aware of what it is that we are pointing our children to, both with our words but also with our actions, and 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 how what are we pointing towards as well? So, so Rob, what do you what do you want to say today, Stu? Yes, morning to you and morning everyone. Uh, I said to you at the end of last episode, as we were sort of listening back back on it, um, there is a risk that I I could repeat myself, but at the same time, we realised uh, in talking through it just how many facets there are to you know the task of of raising our kids and getting them ready for the outside world. Um, you and I both know how challenging and hard the outside world can be and we owe it to our kids to as best possible get them ready for for some of the real challenges that are are, are lying in wait so how do we do that and you know how do we best prepare our kids for resilience and them to move away from brittleness how too do we help our kids to grow and get strong and gain confidence as they achieve things and do well and perform within their school communities it's a big topic and at the risk of repeating ourselves we're going to stay on the topic for a while also Stu what I thought I would do is fess up a little bit and talk a bit from my perspective you know my kids have all finished school now what are some of the things that Linda and I have have seen to work? Um, what are some of the things that we think, okay, we, we might have done that differently or better? But I thought I would also just stay close to the things that I feel have worked and I've seen the results. Um, so I will also refer you know, to some of the things that, that we've noticed along the way. And I think maybe just as the out, at the outset today, Stu, I want to say that within the home, within family space, um, there's lots of opportunity for kids to learn the kinds of emotional muscle that they need for the world out there. And that's partly because living with other people is frustrating. Living with other people means a curtailing of what one wants. You can't go the immediate self-gratification route. Uh, if a parent arrives home with a whole bunch of shopping bags in the car, then, you know, it shouldn't be okay for the kids to carry on on the PlayStation as they watch, you know, mum or dad make trip after trip from car to kitchen. It should be a space where everyone pitches in, everyone helps each other. It doesn't matter that you just at the end of your game or whatever it might be, get on and, and do stuff. There's a bigger picture going on. So one of the things I want to say, as boring as it may be, is to remind all of us that... Oftentimes, teaching our kids these things, it's not fancy. If you look at it, it's really unremarkable, but it's so important. Like, for instance, uh, being okay to say no to our kids, being okay to make demands on them within the community space, within the family space, insisting that they become aware of others in the home, as well as showing with love and, and real intention uh, the desire to understand them and help them to feel heard as well, that everyone has a voice, that everyone, you know, no one's too big to to get away with being a jerk for too long, you know. So we're all in the space together. And I'm suggesting that within that 
washing machine, if you like, within that a tumble and turn of, of family life, a lot of this stuff gets taught. And I want to say to parents, have faith in that. We do our best as parents. We, we, we have a home where, you know, it's one of love and principle and contribution. And along the way, I, more and more is asked of our kids as they get older. Then I think that we probably very close to doing as best we can. So I just want to say that at the outset, that a lot of raising our kids for what you and I have called toughness, if you like, or the ability to persevere, it happens within the home. And it is necessary for us to check ourselves if we've got 16, 17, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, gosh, to you, 20, 21-year-olds who are still, in a sense, you know, bigger and bigger kids. You know, we haven't, we haven't brought them onto that arc of contribution, of being a part of, of stepping up to the plates. It's a work in progress. We, we, we've, got to, we've got to keep going in terms of what it is we have in mind, which is why I said in the last episode, stay close to what the purpose is. Where are you going with all of this? There's time, but don't miss those crucial markers where our kids are actually now, you know, uh, well, letting themselves down and, and being annoying to live with. <laughs> so that would be my opening remark, is to say that normal, healthy family spaces, which is actually no small achievement, to be honest. I honestly think in this day and age, ordinary is brilliant. To have an ordinary home, a home where people can feel comfortable and heard and yes, everyone pitches in, there's values that are upheld, the parents are in charge, it's not a democracy, but it's a loving democracy. That's actually a big achievement. So let me say that as an art for the, as, at the outset. I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that because I think, I think a lot of where, I mean, this is a generalization, but a lot of where the world is going is the remarkable and the like the, the big stuff and I suppose achievement, you know, Whereas what, what I think I'm hearing from you is that it's actually in the small stuff that, uh, that the real remarkable human beings become who they were meant to be. I am saying that's true. So let's take, you know, we spoke again last episode about brittleness. And again, I honestly do think that you can get kids who are shooting the lights out at school and doing really, really well. But they've got a proper brittleness because relationally, family space, there's proper problems there child-parent relationship has broken down there's a problem there you know and so if we as parents get too dazzled by the lights you know and we we think it's all about you know the trophies well obviously our our attention is misplaced and it's it's tricky because they're very seductive i mean it's lousy being that parent i you know i've been that parent sometimes you know at the end of end of the year prize giving and you know you're the one you know clapping for every other other person's child it's not that easy but let's just remember what really really matters and again uh not necessarily very exciting not necessarily very fancy but worth remembering for ourselves and you know to have a good loving family is a really big deal so let's just let's just let's just highlight that well i mean yeah it makes complete sense in the sense that, uh, you know, that that's the foundation of our society, isn't it? Um, is that is that loving family and and how that then plays out into society and what that how that impacts? And it's not the the prizes and the and the winning the sports games and the that actually builds a society, is it? So yeah, it's a lovely lovely way to start, Rob. I'll leave it because it can go so big and move on to other aspects that I thought we could have a look at today. And again, these are from my own learnings as a parent, but also what I've seen 
over the years as a, as a therapist working with young people. And that would be that there is this um, really important vital aspect of intrinsic motivation. So for us as parents, try as we like, it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to get our kids to be interested in something that they simply aren't, or to get them to perform and achieve in something that they aren't intrinsically interested in. And I want to say to parents, you know, it's okay to stay where your child's intrinsic interests are. It's okay to follow that. Because what I've found as a, as a father and as a therapist, that you only need to build that kind of grit, perseverance muscle in one domain. That muscle then becomes usable in other domains, if that makes sense. So a child who's building grit, I don't know, I'll pick a silly example. They are building some kind of outdoor space somewhere in the bush and working hard at it and going back day after day to make sure that it's just right because that's where their interest lies. That kind of perseverance, that kind of learning that goes through sort of trial and error, you know, going back, finishing off, making that thing look good, all sorts of emotional, psychological skills are learned there. And that child will, will definitely be able to draw on that later in life. Uh, I remember for myself having got through a very, very difficult um, academic project. It really, really took me to my limits. I pushed really hard. And uh, about six months later, I got somehow uh, persuaded to do a two-day cycling event, which I wasn't fit enough for, Stu, and I didn't have the skill for either. I only realized this as I started the race. I'd bitten off something that was actually too big for me, too difficult for me. And after, a, after an hour or so, and I was really uh, stressed, <laughs> what I found, what, what was fascinating for me was that I dug into exactly the same muscle. I'm going to call it a muscle, an emotional psychological capacity that I'd built in doing that, that academic project. So for me, it felt the same. It was that kind of head down, one pedal turn at a time, keep on going, focus on what's in front of me, let's get this thing done. It was a kind of a grit that I'd built before the race, if that makes sense. It was a race for others. It wasn't for me. It was a, a you know, let's get this done type of thing. No, that makes sense, Rob. I think, I think I've even seen that you know, with my young kids and how they, they, build, they build it in one thing that they really find interesting and they kind of persevere through it. And, and certainly has been, been true for my life as well. Um, so I can I can definitely see it. Can I ask one question though? Uh, my chairman has this. Well, he said this to me. He said this to me a couple times uh, that there are things that we are good at and that we love and we enjoy and we we get really good at, and then there are some core sort of skills and and things that we all just need to actually we just have to do and we have to kind of grit through. And so I mean, you're saying follow them and then their sort of the intrinsic motivation and let them build their skills there. But there are some times where we've got to just you know get our kids to do the core stuff that still has to be done that they really don't like. It's very true, Stu. I agree with I agree with that idea. It takes me, if you like, to that notion of strengths and weaknesses. Uh, and I guess what we're saying is we want to help our kids to maximize on their strengths, 
signs of that will be where their intrinsic motivation lies. We're going to help them to shoot the lights out in those areas. Bearing in mind that there's going to be an adult version of that child in time to come, we want to track their intrinsic motivation, their inherent gifts as they unfold, and see what they look like 10, 15 years later. But what we're doing is we're helping a child listen to themselves, pay attention to what they enjoy, to the things that make them come alive. And here's the thing, help them to work hard at it, not to give up on that. So we encourage them because there are going to be those testing times, even in areas of strength. But you're quite right, Stu, and your, your, your chairman is obviously right as well. You and I both know there's a lot of stuff we do in our working days that we don't like, but we got to do it. It's like, let me get this done. And that would be one way of looking at weaknesses. I don't want our children to leave home saying, well, you know, I like working on a, on a computer. I don't like tidying up after me. Someone else must do that. Or I won't be taking the dishes out of my room. I don't know who, but someone else needs to do that for the rest of my life, you know. So it's like a child a child in an adult body, if that makes sense. So there's stuff we've got to do, and we must pitch up and get that done. The worry for me would be if we are too pushy as parents, if we're too excited about certain kinds of socially recognized um, pursuits, we can easily get our children to do stuff that they shouldn't be doing because the intrinsic motivation isn't there. And that's the problem. I'm not saying to them, don't do it. A couple of episodes ago, you spoke about swimmers. And I guess what I'm saying is, I would say to a child, if they were required to be at a school gala, it was a part of the school program, they don't have to love it. They don't have to come any fancy position, but yes, they have to go. And I'll help them to deal with what they, for them is just, they're not interested in it at all, but they've got to do it. Why? Because they're a part of a community. Okay, so so that makes sense. But then the problem comes is they really don't enjoy swimming, but their parents think that they should be a good swimmer, and they're pushing, pushing, pushing them to be at the early morning training, and the and they absolutely hating it, and uh, and 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 that's gonna just get them. That's gonna build brittleness. Yes, I think so, Stu. And also, again, I said before, it'll cause friction between parent and child and then you get primary attachment that's now you know gone off and that's the kind of stuff the distress of it and you can get as well that false self coming through where the child doesn't want to lose the love of, of, of his or her parents yes i do like it that's the rule you've got to like this thing because we are all i'm going to follow your example we're all super keen swimmers this is what we do a child says, yeah, I know no, me as well. So we've got to be really careful of that. You know, we, we've lost track of where our child's true self is. That would be a problem. Great stuff, Rob. And we'll continue talking about this in the next episode.